Hi, listeners. Welcome back to Midweek in the Word Sunday Recap. I'm your host, Jennifer Huber, and I'm joined by Pastor Brad. Happy New Year, Brad. Happy New Year. It's hard to believe it's 2023. I couldn't get 2022 down, so I don't know how I'm going to write 2023. (laughs) It's generally about Easter (laughs) that I finally start putting the right date on documents and things like that. Well, you're far ahead of me. I think it takes me much longer, but... (laughs) I'm, we're glad to be back. We took a couple weeks off for the holidays. Yeah. Um, let's just jump into it. This Sunday, Mario Mamina was in the pulpit. Do you want to kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I really appreciated Mario's willingness to step into the pulpit. Uh, it worked out, you know, like pretty fortunately the way it all worked out. I, I didn't think I would get anybody to preach for me over the holidays. You know, so I was preaching Christmas, and I was preaching Christmas Eve, and I was thinking New Year's. I was going, what do we do? We're, we're not moving back into First Corinthians yet. Had some different right. topics in mind and had a conversation with Mario about his trip to Honduras and a message he had preached on John 4 uh, when he was down in Honduras to that church about, you know, church planting and reaching mm-hmm. the lost and, and things like that. And I was like, you know, that would be a great tone to set for 2023. That'd be a great way to get us off on the right foot. Um, and, and he was available the first. And so I was, I was thrilled. I was like, that'll allow me to take a little vacation, take some time with the family. Yeah. Um, and the way it ended up working out, I was going to be here. We were going to do a little bit of a missions highlight Q&A that was going to go along with it, sort of idea with Mike and Elizabeth and Mario. Um, but Mike ended up being sick and I ended up being sick. So that got canceled and I wasn't even able to be here. So um, the Lord had other plans for our highlight. Yeah, no kidding. The whole thing, it was really good that it worked out the way it did. Because yeah. uh, otherwise I would have been, you know, sick home mm-hmm. uh, with no message yeah. and nobody to preach on, on January. January 1st. Uh, but God was good. I, I was I was really thrilled with what Mario had to share. And I, I really hope it was encouraging to the body as well as they were here. Uh, if you missed that, I encourage you to go back and check it out online. He was in John chapter 4, preaching on Jesus's interaction with the Samaritan woman. And the premise of his question was basic, or the premise of his message was basically the question, how do I share the gospel? Mm-hmm. Like, is there an example? We all know we should, right? Right. We all know we're called to it. We all know we're tasked with um, the Great Commission and, and reaching our neighbors and friends and coworkers in the world ultimately as well. But this idea of like, how do I do it? How did Jesus go about sharing? I, I, I found really encouraging for my own soul as well. And his, his focus on we need to be intentional about bridging these cultural gaps, you know, mm-hmm. these geographic gaps, these ethnic barriers that we have with the gospel and how Jesus personified that by approaching the woman, the Samaritan woman in John chapter four, you know, how it, it would have been culturally very strange and offensive for Jesus as a Hebrew, as a Jew to approach a Samaritan. It would have been strange for him as an individual man to approach this woman. It would have been awkward because of the ethnic issues between the Samaritans because of their ethnicity, you know, and sort of thing. And, but yet Jesus has this divine appointment and he's called. So they take this special route to go and meet with this woman who was who was a, was a Gentile, you mm-hmm. know, and who wouldn't have had a chance uh, to hear the gospel otherwise. And Jesus says, this is where I'm going. And I, I loved I loved Mario's takeaways from it. Uh, just a few of the things that really stood out to me, listeners, you may have something different from it, but I, I loved his focus saying that Jesus focused on the internal, not the external. He tried to keep the conversation on point. Sure. You know, when sharing the gospel with friends and coworkers and people, it's it's really easy to get off on other things. You know, yes. people want to talk about inerrancy or they want to talk about uh, gender ethics or they mm-hmm. want to talk about any, you know, what's what's the origin of evil in the world? You know, I mean, all these right. sort of things. Right. And, and those things all matter. They, mm-hmm. they really do. Um, even, you know, where we worship mattered. 
you know, in the first century. And she, but she tries to kind of deflect, right? Because she's feeling that proximity mm-hmm. to Jesus and she's feeling the conviction in her own life. She's recognizing this and she wants to take it a different direction. And instead, Jesus stresses the urgency of the situation that he had come to reach the whole world um, and that spiritual worship was available to anyone, anywhere through him. And he just keeps the message on point. Yeah. He keeps it about the heart. He keeps, he keeps it about the, the focus, gospel. The focus. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think that's a good encouragement for us to remember as we as we're tasked with that. Sometimes we feel like in order to share the gospel with other people, mm-hmm. we have to have all the answers. Yeah. You know, so we have to take a master's class in apologetics so that we're prepared with every answer. It's it's not that those questions don't matter, but ultimately right. they're not what saves. They're right. not what changes a person's right. heart. And 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 that I think was really, really important. The other thing I love that Mario mentioned is keep the focus on Christ. Yeah. You know, keep the focus on the person and work of Christ. That's really the dividing line. Mm-hmm. You know, like I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. These are Jesus's words. Keep the focus on Christ. It's mm-hmm. so easy to get off on other topics when we're trying to share the gospel with people. And ultimately, Christ is what saves. You right. know, Christ is the d- defining, the delineating factor in this mm-hmm. conversation. And so that was a good reminder for me. I appreciated that. And then lastly, I loved, I loved how he ended um, with focusing on faithfulness right? We're called to be faithful. We're called mm-hmm. to sow the seed. We're called to water the seed. We're not called to make the growth. Yeah. And and so all of these can be barriers, reasons that we don't tend to share the gospel, right? You know, like we we don't know all the external answers. We don't know all the smoke screens people might throw up. We, we don't know how, and we know we can't make anyone be a believer. We're f- fearful that they might reject us. Mm-hmm. Well, ultimately, if they've rejected the message of the gospel, they've rejected God, and right. that's up to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We're called to be faithful. We're called to share the gospel where we are. We're called to focus on that faithfulness and and sowing the seed. And I appreciated you know that as well from Mario's message. Yeah, that's really great because one of the things, um, or it resonates with me, is that fear of you know you might be in a secular job or you know you're at family Christmas right and you you're sitting with non-believers in your family and you think well I don't want to bring this up because again I I, I don't have a <laughs> twenty-page paper on right this particular spiritual theological topic. And so we hold back when the reality is Jesus, just share Jesus. Yeah. And And I mean, his example of the Samaritan woman, right? Mm -hmm. What did she have? Very little theological knowledge. I mean, she may have known a little bit of the Pentateuch because the Samaritans were on board with that. But given her lifestyle, there's a pretty good chance she wasn't like in the word daily. You know, I mean, that seems fairly apparent. Right. There was no conviction, obviously. Right. I mean, this wasn't going on probably. And so like she had a a surface level understanding. She had a very periphery understanding of who Jesus was. And yet she goes back to the city and she says, come see the man and what mm-hmm. he's done for me. He right. knew everything about my life. He right. is the living water. Yep. That's about all she could share because that's about all she knew. Mm-hmm. And yet she was faithful with that. And I, I think that's good for us to remember. And you said something that Mario had said, sow the seed. Yeah. So many times I think we get caught with, well, I have to sow the seed and see it grow into the tree. But yes. That is God's that is God's timetable, and uh, we still need to be faithful in sowing the seed because we never know yeah. where that seed's going to go. Yeah, we it, might. I mean, chances are we might not see it to fruition. It it also kind of leads some of our convictions. I know some people probably grew up in churches that the traditional model was you share, you, you preach, you share the gospel, and right. you have an altar call. You know, at the <laughs> right. end, and that's how it's going. And I'm not I'm not here to malign anybody that does that, like that is hoping to see people saved and brought to a saving knowledge of Christ. Mm -hmm. And yet philosophically, that's part of the reason we don't do that every week is because we're like, I don't know where everybody's at in the process. And there can be, sometimes we can feel this pressure to apply an emotional weight and to try and kind of twist people's arms. We wouldn't want to say it that way, you know, but kind of twist people's arms into making that choice now. And they may walk an aisle and they may fill out a card and they may do any number of things. 
uh, without their heart genuinely being transformed. And right. what I want to see is I want to see someone's heart transformed mm-hmm. and coming to a saving knowledge of God. I can't do that through any sort of pressure I can apply, either right. in one-on-one conversations with people, yep. you know, or from the pulpit on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And so we ultimately, we sow the seed, we share the message, we say, this is what the response mm-hmm. should look like. And then we wait for the Holy Spirit to do what only he can Amen. do. Amen. So let's turn this a little more practical here. I guess not more practical, but a way that we can start integrating this in our everyday lives. Let's say we're next week we're on a plane and we're sitting next to someone and a conversation starts or it's it's the mom in the pickup line and you've started to build a relationship with her. How how do we practically lay this groundwork? Because that whole share it, receive it, altar call that doesn't necessarily happen at two o'clock in the school pickup line or at your job over a lunch meeting. Yeah. I I would say a couple of things in response to that. The first, the first would be, um, there are people that are particularly gifted to strike up random conversations with people Mm -hmm. on the street and to see that turn to a gospel conversation Mm -hmm. and see that person come to faith. And Mm -hmm. God does that. And so I don't want to, I don't want to make people think that that's not it. And if God is calling you to share the gospel with somebody, again, you're called to be faithful. Yeah. We're supposed to walk in step with the Spirit, There's and the an Spirit always wants us to share the gospel. Comfort until you do right, like I exactly. just, just do it. So if you feel that pressure, like do it, like obey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. And yet, in my experience, the vast majority of times those gospel conversations come. They're not with random strangers on a plane, though yeah. that does happen for some yeah. people. And I would always be asking, you know, look for those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, it's with a coworker, somebody yep. that we've been intentional about, it's somebody we've been praying with for a while, and so we kind of know their story. We know where they're coming from. Um, I find a couple of things are extremely helpful to just turn the conversation. The first is you get people talking about what they believe. Like when people feel like there's an open door, because you know what I mean? It's that classic yeah. thing, right? What yeah. do we not never talk about in public? We don't talk about religion. We don't talk about right. politics. We don't talk about right. you know, COVID. Now we can have right. that, right? Like we don't talk about these things. Yeah. We know Our to avoid. list is getting longer. Exactly. We know to avoid these subjects, right? Yeah. And most people want to share yeah. and they're happy to share with you what they believe, especially mm-hmm. unbelievers. Yeah. In some ways, we're the hesitant ones as believers <laughs> to share what we believe, which is kind of ironic. Unbelievers are like, I don't believe anything. Like, or I believe in, you know, there's a deity or, you know, right. I mean, the, a lot of times right. they'll share very honestly. Yeah what they believe. And so get them started. And they'll be like, well, this is this is what I believe. This is why I believe. Again, think the spirit of a woman, right? This is the person I've met and you really should meet him too. Like, I mean, it's it's amazing what he's done for me. He knows all my sins. I mean, we don't, we don't temper the message, right. right? That the wages of sin is death, but look what Jesus Christ has done for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you ask somebody and they think like, when you actually care about them as a person and ask their story, mm-hmm. it's almost... Um, I don't know what the the right word is, but it's almost like they automatically want to they ask you about your story too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. that's human. Yep. You know, we kind of do it's this. It's almost like a volley. I exactly. share, you share. Precisely. And so I find that asking people about their story, trying to understand where they're coming from goes a long way. Um, and you know, I mean, there's there's helpful tools. You know, there's the Romans road. There's the four spiritual laws. There are helpful mm-hmm. tools to that. And maybe some of those are worth employing and, you know, or memorizing for mm-hmm. your own sake, memorizing passages of scripture and things like that. That's good. That's valuable. Um, but to get the conversation at that point, asking a lot of questions about where they are and and sharing your own testimony. Mm-hmm. And, and we tended to get a little weird about testimonies because mm-hmm. we're like, well, it's all about me. Well, no, your testimony, you're testifying to mm-hmm. what God has done in and through you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like if you share the story of what God has done in your heart, yep. how you were sinful and how you needed a Savior and how Christ was the solution to that through mm-hmm. his blood on the cross and his resurrection, that's the gospel. Yeah. Right? You're sharing yep. that reality. And if you share it from the standpoint of like, this is this is what I believe, this is why I believe it. Um, in some ways, that's disarming, mm-hmm. right? Because you've come at it kind of like um, very structural, very yeah. systematic. Yep. It, it feels disingenuous mm-hmm. in some mm-hmm. ways. 
But if you share what God did in your own heart, mm-hmm. people can resonate with that and they understand where you come from. They may not agree. Like, and they may not, right. they may, again, they may not, you know, fall to their knees and that's profess Christ you. at that moment. However, for me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's the part, again, where we sow the seed and we trust that the Spirit is going to do it, what he what he needs to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think some of those things, sharing your own testimony and asking mm-hmm. questions are really helpful ways to get the conversation started, especially when you have a relationship and the person knows you yeah. care about them because yeah. you're coworkers or neighbors or whatever the mm-hmm. case might be. And I know for me personally, not to underestimate prayer in that moment, asking asking God to use the Holy Spirit and saying, lead my words, lead my conversation. That has yeah. taken w- the emphasis off of what can I do in this situation to, okay, Lord, use me for your good yeah. in that situation. Well, and, and listeners, if you've listened for a while, you know, typically we ask the question as far as application, you know, mm-hmm. how do we how do we make this practical? Some of the things I jotted down on that subject were mm-hmm. exactly that. Yeah. You know, are we are we praying for these divine appointments? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I'm so struck by Jesus, right? Like mm-hmm. his life was so marked by prayer. He would step right. away from the crowds and he would pray privately. And, yeah. um, and I'm sitting here like, I'm listening to Mario preach on this subject and he's talking about, well, Jesus knew that we have to go through Samaria. Well, how did Jesus know that? Yeah. Why did Jesus know that? Like, there's there's this intentionality of, like, Christ knew there was this appointment for him. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. are we praying for That's those sort of divine appointments in our lives? Right. Like, sometimes we can be a little hesitant. Yeah. I mean, we're a little afraid that God might answer that prayer, right? We'll actually, we actually have to share, have to you know. But, like, are you praying yeah. for it? I, one of the things yeah. I love, and we'll probably bring it back again this year, um, uh, the – the My Circle evangelism training. Yes. We did it last year. We'll probably do it again this year. It was a One of the things class. I love about the class yeah. is like the first step is just pray. Yeah. Like just pray. Too often we don't pray and then we're surprised that we don't see anything, right? Right. You know, like we don't, why did somebody right. just not walk off the street and just like mm-hmm. ask me about the gospel? Well, are you praying for it? Like, are you asking that God would lead you to the right people mm-hmm. to pray for, lead you to the right conversations, and then seek those divine appointments? You know, I mean, it was is interesting, right, that Jesus intentionally crossed over this cultural boundary, this geographic boundary, this uh, this ethnic boundary, because he said, "I'm going to go after that person." Yeah. You know, and I think I think it's worth taking some time to consider that, to take stock of our lives and those around us, and be like, okay, am I praying for those people, those neighbors, mm-hmm. those coworkers, those people's God mm-hmm. has already placed in my life in right. the sphere of influence that He's given me, um, and then seeking those relationships mm-hmm. again, not in the hopes of like, well, I'm only going to invite this person out to lunch and so that I can, you know, Jerry rig them into a gospel yeah. presentation, right. but like, I want to get to know and care about the people around me, mm-hmm. and and who knows if I'm praying for them, if I'm sharing with them, maybe God will lead this to an opportunity, and there will be an opportunity. To and share if you the can establish that trust and relationship, that conversation yes. doesn't feel so foreign. Yes. And if, I mean, think about it, like, like nobody likes to be sold anything. Correct. Like none of us really like to be sold anything. We're inundated with advertisements mm-hmm. and hard sells and things like that. No, none of us like that. Right. But all of us want to have genuine relationships mm-hmm. and there is nothing more genuine. It may not be received well, but there's nothing more genuine in a relationship yeah. than to say, look, I think you're in danger. I care about you enough to say something. Absolutely. I mean, we talked today like like in in worldviews. I mean, this is this is the kind of the absurdity of the postmodern idea that like I have my truth, you have your truth. No, we don't really talk to each other about it. Well, if if truth can be objectively known, I mean that's there's a whole new discussion, <laughs> then then my truth is your truth. Everybody has to aspire to the same truth, and I have to care about you enough to say, look, there's danger there. You Correct. know what I mean? Like if objectively there's a cliff there. And you're my friend, and we're walking mm-hmm. down the path, and I don't warn you. What kind of love is that? 
You and know, we're so quick to say, hey, don't step in that hole. Yeah, ex- <laughs> we ought to be at least. You know what I mean? Like if, if you see a friend that's about to drive into something or about right. to run into something and you don't say anything, right. you, you're not very caring. Right. You know, and so when there's a genuine relationship and you care for the person for who they are, regardless of whether they agree with you on religion or not, mm-hmm. then it's the most natural thing in the world to share what you yeah. believe and why you believe. I mean, if you think hell is a real place and yeah. you think that that is eternal separation from God, you got to say something. And there's got to be an angst. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so fostering those relationships, looking for those opportunities, seeking those sort of things, saying, God, place people in my life, but I'm also going to pursue people in my life. You know, I mean, it's not just a let go and let God, you know, so I'm just going to sit back and not ever get to know anybody right. because, right. you know, wait for somebody to drop yeah. out of heaven that I'm supposed to share the gospel with. Yeah. You know, and then, but then you already said it, you know, ultimately it's trusting God when it happens mm-hmm. too. And sometimes people feel like they've got to be accomplished, like they have to have done so much evangelism. Well, I got to tell you, as a a pastor of the church, one-on-one evangelism opportunities are intimidating me too. Yeah. Right? Like we think that somehow we'll arrive and then this will be easy. Right. It's never easy. Right. I mean, I I would wager, and I can't say definitively, but I would wager if I could interview Billy Graham, he would tell you it was still never easy. Right. It's always hard to do, no matter how much you've done it. Nobody arrives. All of us seek obedience. But the question is, is our obedience more important than our, than our uh, security? Is our obedience more important than our reputation? Is yeah. our obedience more important than what other people think of us or whatever the case might be? And that's ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah. Because in that moment, you're going to have to trust God to give you the right words. You're going to have to trust God to, again, the Holy Spirit doing the work in their heart. You're going to have to trust God that it's not going to burn a bridge and they're never going to want to talk to you again. And that might happen. Right. But then you have to trust God with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's such an act of dependence. Yeah. And so... And trust that the gospel can change anybody. Bingo, right? You know, do we yeah. believe that I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of salvation mm-hmm. to everyone who believes? Yeah. Right? Do we actually believe that? Yeah. Or the first few chapters of 1 Corinthians that we've been talking about, right? Yeah. What saves people? Not the messenger, <laughs> not the method. It's the message. <laughs> right. It's the gospel that can do it. And yeah. so it doesn't mean it'll guarantee it'll do it every time because mm-hmm. the Spirit has to do His work, but... We, we can faithfully say this has the power to do it. Yeah. So if I share it, I've been faithful. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Brad, is there anything else um, from Mario's message that you wanted to highlight? You know, or the last to? thing that I would probably note that Mario didn't spend a lot of time talking about that's worth noting too. I mean, the reality he talked about, you know, Acts 1-8, right? You will be my disciples in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There is also a necessary component of this that while we're all called to be faithful locally, we are also called to participate in the global mission of the church. Like, and if if you're as a believer or as a church, you know, and you have no heart to see those that never get the chance to hear the gospel preached, that are in parts of the world that the gospel has not gone yet, we should have a compelling passion for that as well. Now, that not to the exclusion of our neighbors. Like, it's not just like, well, we'll abandon these people because we're supposed to go there. Sometimes there's idea, well, I'll share the gospel when I'm in Honduras, but if I'm in my backyard, I'm not going to share the gospel. That's not, that's not fair, and that's not appropriate. But the extension of Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, right, is, look, I'm going to share the gospel with whoever's around me, and through the church, I'm going to participate in sharing the gospel overseas. And that may mean some of us are called to go and be overseas missionaries and actually be those pioneer agency or agents in that process. Sometimes we're called to give and to send and, and to pray, you know, but like, have I, have I submitted my life and my will to say, God, if you would will, I'll participate in whatever. I'm a, I'm a hundred percent sold out for you. If that means not getting to go and I would really love to, and, and just sacrificing here to give to those who can 
amen. I'm 100% sold out for the mission. Or if it means, look, I'm, I'm tended to want to stay here, but God is calling me to go, I'm willing to do that too. And it'll look different in everybody's lives, but we have to be sold out. And that international, global desire to see people from every tribe, tongue, and nation worshiping God in heaven one day should drive us as well in this in this pursuit to be intentional. Like, so I would ask people if they're, if they're listening, like, do you, do you know what our church is involved in when it comes to missions and global outreach? Um, are you praying for unreached people groups around the world? Are, do you have a heart for that? And, and if you don't, um, I, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but you know, consider talking to Mike and Elizabeth about it. Con- consider coming to one of our missions highlights where we have missionaries from overseas come back and share. Or you know, we had we had a great one last time where they they shared from from India. You know what I mean? Like was up on the screen sort of thing. But like, if you don't have a passion for that, seek ways to foster that because as believers, we're called to that. I mean, we're called to that locally, but we're also called to that globally. And so, I would encourage people to do that too. Well, and what a beautiful picture. I mean, just picture that. Every tribe, every nation, just worshiping in heaven. I just, that picture just amazes me. One of the things you said, and I wanted to touch on again, I was going to encourage the listeners is if you don't know what missions or missionaries that we support, organizations, um, if you go to our website and you click on Faith Missions, uh, you can see who we as a church, support locally and globally. Yeah. And um, I encourage you to read read up on those and see what Faith Bible is doing. We don't stand up there every Sunday and tell you where this money is going or this mission fund is going, but people are being reached with the gospel. And so I, I'm with Brad. Grab Pastor Mike and um, Elizabeth Carlson, who's a deacon of missions, and have a conversation just to hear their passion for missions it, it, it will light a fire. Absolutely. It's a blessing that in all the time we meet together over the course of a year, we can't begin to share all the stories yeah. that come from that or the missionaries and things we support. Um, again, both local people and, and foreign foreign people as well. It's, it, yeah, it'll, it'll inspire you. Yeah. And that's what the missions highlight that you mentioned, Pastor Brad, is mm-hmm. you actually get to hear from some of our partners and there's nothing like putting faces to yeah. stories. So, okay. Sunday's coming. Yep. Are we back in Corinthians? Okay. Or are we still on a break? I, I what are we doing? I I mentioned this on any Sunday morning. And even if I did, people probably forgot or, <laughs> or, or they were gone that week. You know, there's those things that happen. Um, we are, we're going to stay away from 1 Corinthians, kind of, okay. here for a little bit. Obviously, we had to step away for a few weeks for Advent. Um, but Mario kind of started us off. We're going to take three weeks here in January and, and try and circle back around to a few things that we've touched on. He touched back on the idea of missions and the and um, what we're called to, the Great Commission. We touched on that, you know, in 1 Corinthians 9 and talked about that emphasis, but I wanted him to support that a little bit from from John 4. Uh, there's a couple of other subjects that I think are really relevant that we we hit as we were walking through 1 Corinthians, but I want to circle back around to and kind of fill in some of the background for people a little bit here. Um, this Sunday is the first of them. So we're going to take this Sunday, next Sunday, and then I think it's the 22nd, I'm going to do a review of the first 10 chapters of 1 Corinthians before we jump back into chapter right. 11. Okay. Um, but this Sunday, uh, we're going to be circling back around to a challenging subject. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, we talked about uh, the sexual immorality and the need to put a man under church discipline uh, for... <laughs> For, yeah, for taking his mother-in-law, you know, sort of idea. Okay, so right, hard subject. But as I was preaching on it, it was really focused on like what we would call step three of church discipline, the whole church intervention, putting someone outside of the church. And as I'm preaching that, I'm going, I can't really cover all of the background that needs to be involved in this, but we need to understand what steps one, two, and then ultimate reconciliation look like. 
That comes from Matthew 18. We read that when we were in that text, but I wanted to circle back around to that. I want to spend a little bit of time in that text this Sunday and talk through what that process looks like. How do we identify sin? How do we confront sin? How to ultimately, what does that step three look like? And then what does forgiveness look like? So we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 35. It's a big chunk, but most of it is a, is a parable Jesus tells at the end, which I think is really, really potent. Um, that kind of speaks to this whole idea. So we're going to be in that text. We'll reference 1 Corinthians 5 again, do some, hopefully some illumination background work, um, and then and then move on. Okay. So give me those references again. So yeah. we're going to be in Matthew. Matthew, I'll be, I'll be preaching on 15 through 35. It's referencing uh, 1 Corinthians 5, which was 13 verses long. So I would encourage people to go back and read either of those, uh, either 1 Corinthians 15 through 35 or 1 Corinthians, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians 5, or Matthew 18, 15 through 35 in preparation uh, as, as we come together on Sunday. It's, it's, a, it's a hard subject, but the reality is I think what we're going to see in it is the, the incredible reality of the gospel and the glory of God's plan for salvation. Ultimately, I think what's at stake in the way we handle sin and the way we handle forgiveness and reconciliation is at the heart of the gospel. Um, Jesus tells a story at the end of, first, at the end of Matthew 18 in kind of like 20 through 35, basically, and it's a parable about these two servants of a king and how the king responds to one servant and how the, other, the servant responds to another servant. And it really highlights this idea of what do we do with the gospel? Is, is the gospel of being forgiven applicable in our lives for how we forgive other people? Um, like it's, it's, it's pretty potent. Like it's pretty amazing what we see there um, that speaks to this whole idea. And so how we handle addressing sin, confronting sin, forgiving sin is really, really relevant because it speaks to both our body, to each other as believers and to the world. Like how seriously do we take sin? Is it really the wages of sin is death? And how serious are we about this whole grace thing? If God's given it to us, do we extend it to others? Well, it kind of goes back to what you said earlier when you you said, you know, if a friend's going to drive into a tree, you're <laughs> you're going right. to stop them. Right. Sin is no different. I mean, if you see this this path that could be detrimental to them, yeah. why 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 are we so hesitant to step out and say, "I love you," and this is what I see? Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. Mm, you know. So, as we're reading those those texts that you shared, what are some things personally we should be thinking about yeah. before we head into Sunday? Yeah, I mean, obviously the whole the whole text begins with Jesus saying, "If your brother sins against you, right?" That's the context of this whole thing. If if we are offending each other, and we are, I mean, that's how the church works. That's how people work. Like it's sinful people it seems very in a sinful like world. Behavior. We hurt each other. Like in families, we do it. In businesses, yeah. we do it. In yeah. everywhere, we do it. Right. And so let's assume that's the case. Right. So you have been hurt by someone, and you have hurt someone. If, if you are human, both of those things are true of you. And so as you're considering, as you're praying about Sunday, as you're preparing your heart for Sunday, we're going to talk about what are the practical steps we need to do as far as identifying, confronting, and forgiving sin. If you, all of us are probably in that process somewhere with different people at different times. And the question is, are you willing to prioritize the gospel and obedience over our own feelings, our own thoughts? Uh, one of the guys I was listening to earlier this week that I appreciated the way he said it, he basically said, look, you can hold on to the grudge or you can hold on to the cross. Oh. You're going to have to drop one. Wow. Which are you going to hold on to? That's great. That's hard. It, it is really hard. It is, you know, it is really, really hard as, as we look at it. Like, 
because we want to we want to veer one of two ways. We either want to miss the beginning of chapter 18 and the whole discussion about addressing sin. Like, well, it's not a big deal. We just won't talk about it and we'll just all pretend that we're all okay. Scoop yeah, we'll scoop it under the rug and we'll right and there, there's a there's a kind of a cowardice that like it's true of all of us where we want to do that and we don't want to speak about it, which that's a danger. The other danger is like not forgiving and just hold on to it forever. And those are the two ditches that we're trying to avoid. Like, how do we forgive freely because we've been forgiven freely while at the same time addressing sin, not for our good, not to get it off our chest, not to not to feel better because they're they're like they're turning on it does not make a difference to our forgiveness. We're called to forgive regardless of whether they do. Right. But do we speak in honesty and transparency and love? for their good Others. in that situation. Yeah. Bingo. Well, great. Okay, Pastor Rod, thanks for sitting down with me, and we'll, we'll sit down next week and recap all of this. It'll be a pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to Midweek in the Word Sunday Recap. This is a production of Faith Bible Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. We'll be back next week with a new recap and a forward look to our Sunday sermon. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We leave you with this encouragement out of 1 Corinthians 1.9. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We'll see you next week as we sit down with Pastor Brad for another episode of Midweek in the Word Sunday Recaps.